0: Not villainizing antibiotics, but I think they are way overprescribed, way overused. We are going to dive into something that I have been researching so much lately: what to do when you have to take antibiotics. Welcome to the Mom Guilt Podcast. I'm your host, Vanna, a dermatology nurse practitioner turned wellness enthusiast. We're not here to get rid of mom guilt. Instead, we will give you the tools and systems to get you through whatever season you're in because when you have the right systems, you're able to experience freedom in motherhood and prioritize yourself. Mom Guild exists to introduce you to the life-changing habits that can create a life you never thought possible. If you're listening to this, you are not here by mistake, and I can't wait for you to dive into all things wellness and prioritization. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Mom Guilt Podcast. I am super excited about today's episode because we are going to dive into something that I have been researching so much lately, and a question that I get asked a lot by friends and family. Basically, what to do when you have to take antibiotics with the GI symptoms that you can get, um... And I need to preface this with, and it's it's just a legality, It's I can't believe we have to do this these days, but this is for educational purposes only. I am not in any way using my medical license as a nurse practitioner in giving you medical advice or anything in this episode. I am solely saying what I will do if I have to take antibiotics for myself and what I will supplement with with all of the research and knowledge that I'm gathering from different mentors um, and I will say that it's probably going to be few and far between like it's probably going to have to be detrimental for me to take a bi- antibiotic from now on and don't get me wrong I'm not knocking antibiotics they save lives there is a time and there is a place um, but As far as like Western medicine, modern medicine, conventional medicine, whatever you want to refer to it as, we are not practicing within a healthcare system. It is sick care. And I did not come up with that term on my own, but being within the integrative and functional medicine community now, as soon as I heard someone say that, and I've I've heard several people say that because it's just really true. I was like, yes, I've never thought of it that way. It's just so extreme, so many band-aids, rather than getting to the root cause of issues and ensuring you're taking care of yourself and optimizing your health for longevity versus waiting for a symptom and then asking for a prescription for it. And you don't know what you don't know. Like, I did not see this perspective at all until I was exposed to healthcare through a different lens, through, honestly, podcast, social media, just like educating myself and going down that rabbit hole. I am the provider that prescribed birth control, oral antibiotics, Accutane for acne as first line because that's just how I was trained. And I cringe at it now and I feel guilty. But I also try to give myself grace and look at it from the lens of Thank God I have evolved and I'm using my knowledge and platform for something different and for something more. I am thankful for the time that I was in the field of dermatology that I and I practiced the way that I did. Um, I do wish that I would have done things differently. But again, you don't know what you don't know. And no shame to anyone that uses that approach. This is here to... For you to learn and see a different perspective, that that's just my sole hope, to give you the information for you to do your own research, whether you're a provider, whether you are a client, a patient, like if you're on the other side of healthcare versus being a provider of it, but making educated decisions, and if those decisions are not the same as mine, I will respect you as a person, and it's not my job to judge you in any way nor do I even want to lose my peace over that. Going to what happens when you take antibiotics. And again, I don't know how many times I have to say this because I'm not villainizing antibiotics, but I think they are way overprescribed, way overused. Like at the slightest thing, people just want an antibiotic. It wipes out bad bacteria, but not only bad bacteria, good bacteria. It's sterilizing Which leaves way for other things like that's why you get yeast infections. When the good bacteria is gone, it's not fighting off candida, things like that. And then whether you believe this or not, mold, um, parasites, mycotoxins, like those types of things, it just starts to exacerbate when there's dysbiosis in your gut and not to mention it also causes leaky gut. I know some people don't even believe in leaky gut, but literally it is called intestinal hyperpermeability. And it just allows, it's like whole, think about it as holes in your, in your, um, the wall of your gut that allows inflammatory foods, metals, molds through into your body, whereas that's supposed to be sealing it out i explain it in the way that i do like skin skin care and your um skin barrier like if your skin cells are adequately moisturized hydrated well taken care of it's like one of the providers i used to work with used to use this analogy and i loved it it's like packing a closet full of blown up balloons nothing's getting through there therefore if you have a history of eczema or you know allergic contact dermatitis, if your skin barrier is really good, then it leaves irritants and things like that less opportunity to get through and irritate it. Same thing with your gut. Um, And we know the gut and the skin are connected. So let's say for some reason you have to take an oral antibiotic. I had to recently because I had strep throat. And if you leave strep throat untreated, it can resolve on its own. But if you leave it untreated, if it is bad enough, I mean, you can go to rheumatic fever or things like that. So there are times and places when you have a true infection that you do need antibiotics. Let's say you really do need them. These first few things are things that not everyone necessarily has in their like daily supplemental routine. It is something that I personally have. And if you are a in a pursuit of wellness, you likely have them in your supplements too. But if you don't, I would ha- make sure to have a probiotic. And this is important. It has to be a spore-based probiotic, which are spore strains, which means that it's going to start with the word bacillus, not lactobacillus or, I don't know if I'm saying this correctly, bifidobacterium, because it won't survive your trip to the gut. And not only that, not everyone needs a probiotic. I personally do need a probiotic. I will not use the bathroom for a week or two weeks at a time if I do not have a probiotic. I do want to do like stool testing within myself because people with SIBO or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth don't need a probiotic. Probiotics that especially are not spore-based will worsen SIBO symptoms like um, bloating, increased gas, um, and then like other symptoms. So not everyone needs a probiotic. I think it's really important that you are letting someone guide you in your supplement protocol. If you are doing a probiotic, it needs to be a spore probiotic because there's evidence to show that the strains that come from spore-based probiotics do not exacerbate SIBO if you do have them. So first probiotic, second vitamin D, and this is like not a make or break, but I, um, from the mentors that I follow, th- I read an article that that said that it's just essential for good bacteria to thrive and keep the bad bacteria away. And most people need vitamin D, anyways. If you ever get your blood drawn and you're not supplementing with vitamin D, it is highly likely that you need that. So Most everyone from lab work, a lab work perspective, especially the people that I have done lab work on too, need vitamin D anyways. And then the other thing is making sure that you're alkalizing your diet and your drinks. How do you do this? The cheapest way that you can do this, and honestly, what I have been doing, and actually my body craves it now, is... I just get a 40-ounce tumbler with cold water and then I put a teaspoon of Himalayan pink salt or Himalayan pink sea salt. You may not be able to tolerate a teaspoon. You might have to do half a teaspoon for a little bit and then work your way up to one teaspoon, but it comes up to the equivalent of like 1,200 milligrams of, of sodium from like all of the research that I'm doing. And I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole in this episode. If you want me to go down the rabbit hole, let me know. But we always thought that sodium was bad and you didn't need it. And it's actually a lie that we've been told. And for the average person, they need 2,000 to 3,000 milligrams of sodium a day. But then if you're active it can be up to like 5,000 milligrams. Clearly don't do that without having your labs drawn and seeking help from a integrative health functional medicine practitioner. Like don't blindly do that because if, if your electrolytes go off, I mean, that can be dangerous. So don't be doing this by yourself. But most people can handle half a teaspoon to a teaspoon of sea salt or Himalayan sea salt in their water. I personally do that all the time. Another alternative is if you need to like really spice up your water is Element. And you have heard me talk about that. They have so many flavors. I personally am putting Element in my Organo coffee now. It's the chocolate sea salt one to alkalize it even more. But you can do the sea salt element, and then there's also acid-kicking minerals from Dr. Daryl. He is someone that I really, really respect, look up to. I found him through Lauren and Michael on the Skinny Confidential. I have not personally tried his acid-kicking minerals, but they are going to not be as salty. But that's what he recommends to alkalize your water. And then alkalizing your diet That will include no gluten, sugar, and then plenty of leafy greens. But if you don't think you're getting enough greens in, which I don't personally, I will do a green supplement. I love the Symbiotica one because it's liposomal. I'll just like plug my nose and take a shot of it because it's like a jelly kind of. To me, it does not taste good. You, I put it in my water before. I've done it in water with an element pack and I cannot taste it whatsoever. Like eight ounces of water. It's not bad at all. But if you just take down the liposomal packet of the greens, I would not try tasting it. Um, but I try to follow an alkalizing diet regardless of antibiotics. So that's the end of things that I do every single day for myself, even when I'm not taking antibiotics and I think that a lot of people would benefit from that. Like a lot of the coaching that I am doing, receiving, like that's a part of the foundations. That's a part of getting your gut in health and also optimizing your health to be able to go onto protocols to get to the root cause of what's causing your acne. The two additional things that I would take is two additional supplements. One is golden thread from supreme nutrition i will take one capsule a day three times a day this supplement is antimicrobial antifungal antiparasitic and it's been shown to help also with like ibs pain so like stomach cramping um and then if you go on supreme nutrition's website there's a ton more uh information and even like studies that support these things But I'm a part of several practitioner groups through Facebook, and I also am paying a monthly fee to be a part of a couple of them as well from functional medicine mentors that have been in practice for years. And this is a common theme that Golden Thread is recommended when you're taking antibiotics. And then the second thing is Sishandra. I hope I'm saying that correctly also one cap three times a day. So this is shown to increase liver function because we know that most drugs are processed through the liver, but even if they're more processed through the kidneys, we know that there's always going to be more stress on the liver when you're taking prescription medications. Or even most people in lab work that I'm seeing with clients and going through, there is some sort of, of liver burden. So everyone can usually benefit from some type of liver support. And then it um, it's shown to increase liver function by increasing enzymatic activity, which in turn increases glutathione production. A lot of people are looking at glutathione production through my own lab work that I've talked about on a different episode. It showed that I need glutathione for um, several deficiencies that i had within my lab work and that is um, something that you're going to see very commonly in a lot of people's lab work that are they're that starting on this wellness journey as well um, everyone could benefit from glutathione i think the other one is like nad and it also this the, the sysandra In clinical practice appears to be very effective in antimicrobial properties against types of organisms, fungal, bacterial, viral. So this is what I would personally do, the golden thread with Cisandra on top of those other things that I do daily anyways. And there are going to be different approaches to this. I just recently listened to a completely different approach through um, Dr. Daryl. Joffrey, he wrote a book, Get Off Your Acid. I read that years ago and I really, really loved it as like a starting place for nutrition. I will link that in the show notes because it's just a little bit different approach. I will say that a lot of the supplements recommended were a little bit more expensive and I wanted to give a more like realistic and budget friendly option because that's probably something that I would pursue as well. Um, but I think this is a great alternative as well if if you're looking from things for things that you can like order really quickly on Amazon or something. I will link a second possible protocol in the show notes um, from the podcast that he was on talking about his antibiotic protocol. and I hope this was helpful. This was a quick and dirty. But what I, again, would do for myself, or if Brian has taken antibiotics, and you can also do this in, in children, but the dosing is going to be significantly less, and I would not do that blindly. I would also make sure that you're involving a pediatrician, or like a practitioner that's that's helping you with these dosages, especially for children. It is important if you are pregnant or breastfeeding to make sure that you're also including an OB, your midwife, anybody that is overseeing that care with any type of supplements that you are looking to add in during pregnancy and breastfeeding as well. I think I've covered my butt on most of the disclaimers at this point. Please let me know if you have any questions. Let me know if you like these types of episodes because I want to share things that I'm learning, but I also don't want this this show to turn into just like clinical functional integrative health <laughs> when it's it wasn't started for that. I want it to be a well-rounded thing of health, wellness, skincare, beauty, entrepreneurship, all the things. But if you want more of these like really quick, what to do in pinches or different situations, please comment and let me know. And as always, I'll see you guys on the next one before you go to grow our mom guilt community rate and review on itunes spotify or wherever you listen find and follow us on instagram at mom guilt podcast and on tiktok at vanna padilla underscore np you can also watch each episode on video form at my youtube channel vanna padilla last but not least always remember take what you need and it's okay to want more see you next time mama